Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. My name is BJ Ryan, teaming up with Terry Layton. Hello, Guru. Hello, Mr. Ryan. It's uh, good to hear your voice again. Yes, yes. Well, welcome back. You had a nice little freshen up to start the week and uh, and get yourself ready to launch uh, at the Back to Belmont meeting this Saturday, Terry. Yeah, very much so. I just uh, disappeared on Monday morning down to uh, to Margaret River for a few nights. I've uh, I think I'm one of the only people that during Corona, apart from obviously the frontline workers who are doing an amazing job, uh, who uh, who's probably um, locked himself in the office and done more work than I, uh, I usually do. So a little freshen up was uh, was required to get out of the punting punting dungeon. Um, so we're feeling refreshed, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, to getting back to Belmont Park, BJ. Yeah, yeah, we'll be getting stuck into provincial championship series mm. final day uh, later in the podcast. But rolls off uh, the tongue. We uh, it does. We are. Uh, we thought we were done with remote podcasting last mm. week, but we've, we went the early crow. But uh, we're back in isolation again for the next few weeks. Yeah, that's my that's my fault. You can probably blame me. So one of my uh, one of the residents of my household is a West Coast Eagles employee, and um, some of the restrictions placed on them are quite incredible. We're no longer allowed to have guests uh, in our house until he uh, flies out to Gold Coast to um, for the hub over there. So we uh, we had to cancel a cleaner. We had to our we had a an inspection thingy on next week. All the guy anything any anybody that could have came in the house is um, no longer allowed, and that's um, unfortunate doesn't uh, exclude star podcast uh, co-hosts like yourself, PJ. So no one is spared. Is. Nobody is spared, unfortunately. So remote it is for the um, the next few weeks, or on location. We could always look at going somewhere else, but we'll we'll get there in time. That's right. I'm always happy to uh, to do the right thing by anyone or anything related to the West Coast Eagles, mm. Terry. So. Um, um, so yeah, let's, uh, hopefully we get back, uh, in the studio soon, but if not, we've got the technology to keep going in isolation and, uh, we're going to do so. So big thanks to, uh, our now semi-regular guest, Daniel Cripps for joining us on last week's pod. Um, he's, uh, Daniel, you know, Cripper is the man with the Midas touch at the moment. And, um, even had a one-on-one interview with Giulio Santarelli published on the Rawa website, which just happened to coincide with uh, Kira Yule's 100th winner of the season uh, at Ascot last Saturday, Terry. Yeah, it did. She's, uh, she's done an amazing job. She's still... Oh, she's still, she's probably riding better than ever. She looks like she's really growing in uh, in confidence with every ride. It was actually quite funny that uh, that victory was on Kia or a star. And uh, Daniel was actually around here uh, having a beer and watching the races um, with Dane as well, uh, Mitch Pateman's manager and a good friend of Cripper's, a good friend of, a good friend of ours, I guess. And um, yeah, he was a little bit, uh, we found it quite humorous when Kyra's found the 1-1 from a wide gate and Pikey's kept getting uh, shuffled back on Laufey, who I'd... Uh, had a fair old crack at BJ, so it was a uh, yes, an interesting. He was uh, he was quite subdued though. He, he held his uh, tongue well, otherwise he would have been kicked out in about eight seconds, I reckon. So <laughs> he, uh, he he did the right thing. I think he tried to suppress a little smirk on his face. I think, and I would have done the exact same thing. So, no, well done to Gripper and well done to Kyra in particular. Yeah, the immediate aftermath of of, of one of those beats mm. is is always quite a tender. Tender spot, isn't it, Guru? So oh, um, I, was, I was absolutely soaking my pants off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely carrying on like a pork chop at that stage. So, yeah. 
anyway, that's racing. Yeah, she is absolutely killing it, Kira Yule, and uh, no doubt um, she's going to be well positioned to to continue her good form at Belmont on Saturday. She'll be teaming up with Boom Three Rod Resort Man, and we'll get to that shortly. So, mm-hmm. just want to tie tie a knot in the. Uh, uh, Chris Graham pushing shapes inquiry um, came to a conclusion late last week with um, with the apprentice. He was suspended for two months um, uh, for the for the the charges that he was faced with not give basically not giving um, pushing shapes every reasonable and permissible opportunity to obtain its highest uh, possible placing. I think that's the wording. Um, so it's it's been reported that he's not going to be appealing the decision. There's a maximum penalty of three months on that charge. So it appears as though um, the stewards have uh, gone a touch lenient um, and reduced it by a month. Um, and reading between the lines, I guess it was due to the fact that he was a relatively inexperienced apprentice, and and also, um, yeah, I, I guess they've they've ruled that there was, it was more um, incompetence in a way than than anything sinister, um, and so yeah, that's uh, he's going to be sidelined for two months, and um, hopefully he can he can come back and and uh, and start uh, rebuilding his career following following this setback, Terry. Yep, exactly right. Enough said on the matter, I think. Good, good. Okay, so last week's Roma Cup Day was geez, it was an emotional day for everyone involved with um with the winner, the uh, Vega Magic. He was back in the West. He's had um, just a torrid time of things over the last few few years since um since the glory days of 2016, 2017. He was he's banged up. He's been. Uh, uh, Put back together by Sean and Jake Casey and uh, and Paddy Carberry, and it all came together with a uh, with a you know a, I guess a, tough a, a tough fighting tough. Roma Cup victory yeah, last Saturday. So. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't um, wasn't the prettiest of rides. I made note of that on uh, on Twitter, which I think offended a few people, but it was good because I haven't offended anyone in a while. So it was uh, it felt good to get back uh, back in the boat of um, making sure I upset one or two people. But um, no, it was obviously it was written to plan. It wasn't wasn't necessarily a bad ride. If you're riding a horse to plan, um, and they said after the race the plan was to find a lane and uh, and stick to it. That's exactly what they did. Um, yeah, to eyeball a horse the whole way, never really go forward, take it on. It was a very, very um, an odd watch, uh, but they got the chocolates and um, he could be back, probably not bigger and better than ever, but uh, definitely winter bottom bound, I'd say. That's right, yeah. So so to me, it appears like – I know they – that it's been reported that David Hayes said that there's nothing wrong with the horse, but clearly that's <laughs> that's not the case. Um, and uh, even ju- and it just seemed to me like you know when AFL footballers injure their knees and and the, um, I guess the coaches and the um, and the sports scientists talk about running in in straight lines before they can do any of the twisting and turning movements. Um, mm-hmm. It just feels as though that was sort of part of the plan with with Vega Magic to take the pressure off off his joints and and to plot a path that that kept him balanced and in a rhythm around Ascot. Um, I imagine the the sort of more sweeping turn of Belmont would have would have probably meant that they found the rail, I suppose. But but end of season sort of tired Ascot track. They just Paddy Carberry just came up with devised a plan to to sort of stay three and four horses off the off the fence the whole way stuck to his guns was a brave courageous decision and, and you know like if he gets 
if he gets rolled by a short margin, oh. then um, people will be tearing their hair out. But to the uh, you know the victor goes the spoils, and um, yeah, and uh, good to see. I guess a plan plan come come off like that. So it was pretty yeah. brave all around. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a plan. I think it was more as you said, just getting the horse around in uh, cotton wool to some mm-hmm. degree. I mean, there was a big drift in betting, which was um, an interesting one. I wrote in my little piece online that I think it, it's a horse that some people would have marked a dollar ninety, and I think I saw Peter McCormick, friend of the podcast, said he really liked the look of the uh, Miss Frost all up Vega Magic double at about seven to one. I mean, that double on Betfair would have jumped at eleven, twelve to one type. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, and then some people would have had it for four dollars fifty. So I mean, when it got out to five to one, that that was enough to entice me to get involved. Um, I, I didn't think I'd be part of the backing Vega Magic train at that stage of proceedings, but um, yeah, once, yeah, it, I, th- once I was pretty happy with that. the I think it was like four forty and four fifty, and then I sort yeah. of chased it out on Betfair, and then I was sort of umming and ahhing whether I was doing the right thing. Um, well, um, the, uh, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, isn't just it, paying respect to the yeah, that's right, just paying respect to the the smarties on uh, on Betfair, but um, but yeah, there was gee, there's some. Um, Gee, there were some runs behind the winner, though, Terry. What did what did you make of some of the beaten brigade? I mean, the Velvet King was enormous, wasn't he? First up, he certainly was. The Velvet King was big. Angelic rule, uh, Angelic ruler found the line very well. Uh, improved run from Durandal, got the right one, uh, got the right run with the way that um, the race ended up panning out. Gatting uh, over the twelve hundred was huge. Very exciting Belmont sprint over the fourteen hundred uh, in a week's time, BJ. Yeah, even uh, even Taxagano was a pretty cheeky first yep. up run mm-hmm. at the twelve hundred as well. Uh, yeah, always sprints well. Actually, he always he always. Uh, Always goes pretty well fresh. That was always going to be a bridge too far. A wait for age race against some very nice sprinters. But, uh, yeah, the race lived up to the billing to some degree. We, it would have been interesting if there was one more um, speed horse involved. That was probably the mm. only thing missing, maybe just a slightly more genuine tempo. But, um, no, good race and looking forward to the Belmont Sprint round two. Yeah, outstanding. That's going to be that's going to be absolute cracker next week. So, uh, it was another big day for the Sean and Jake Casey training combination. Uh, obviously, um, training Vega Magic to win the Roma Cup, but also uh, outstanding three-year-old winning the Get Out Stakes very stylishly. Terry, there there is some talk that Labor Rod may be entered for the Belmont Sprint, the Wait for Age Belmont Sprint next Saturday. So um, that that uh, that could add a, a different element to that particular contest in a high-quality three-year-old go around under the Wait for Age scale. But um, but yeah, he he's he's the real deal, isn't he? Yeah, he certainly is. I think the scale at this time of the year doesn't give you a huge amount of relief either. Um, I think Laverod, if he was chucked in at sort of, I'm pretty sure, what do I get in the winter bottom? 52, I think the three-year-old's getting with it. So yeah, I know it's yep. the 49 and a half, 50 in the Kingston. So it's, that that would basically be a gift, but um, with the scale it is uh, later in the season, it would be uh, a very interesting race. I actually said I thought that um, they would have gone to the Roma Cup with Laverod if Vega Magic um, wasn't in it. So we all had a little bit of egg on our face, suggesting that maybe uh, he wouldn't run out a strong 1,400 metres. So I, I think we can say we were wrong there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he... Uh yeah, he just went crunched. He was very powerful um, last weekend, Labor Rod, and horse with a very, very bright future. So, yeah, there were some other good performances on the day. I mean, special shout-out to Kiss on All Four Cheeks. That that win in the two-yard race, um, the first race of the day, was, um, was significant. Pretty rare mm-hmm. that you see horses overcome those sort of setbacks and those sort of runs in transit and still still find a way she she looks like she's a horse with tremendous upside as well so could feature in the um in the three odd fillies races in the uh in the spring 
as well. Yeah, de- definitely. She's got a lot to learn, but that was arguably the biggest win of the day, um, considering the patterns and considering the work uh, that she did early. And then she never, she was never a super happy horse in the run, but um, yeah, she made him look second rate um, in the straight. Sure did. Yeah, yeah. Very smart horse from the Dan Morton yard. So we want to get moving quickly into our preview because Terry has a uh, has a runner in the first at Belmont today, the Italian job. So we're going to be pausing uh, for that uh, in a moment to uh, to watch and and listen, and then we can we can do a quick aftermath with Terry, whether it's a joyous celebration of victory or whether we'll be licking our wounds. So, but just before we 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 pause to 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 take in uh, the first the opening event at uh, Belmont Park today. Just a quick shout out to Michael Grantham. So. This um, this young fellow was a former apprentice jockey. He's now one of Perth's leading harness racing drivers. He uh, recently took out a thoroughbred training license, and he's going to have his first runner in race six at Belmont today in the form of Deadly Touch. Yeah, very exciting. He was a uh, he was going to be a superstar jockey as well. He was a, an apprentice you could rely on very early in his um, in his riding career. I think he was just a touch too tall. BJ, um, and obviously yes. had the, the weight issues, which was a real shame to lose him from the riding ranks because he was going to be a bona fide star. Yeah, he was a very, very, very classy young rider. And um, mm. yeah, now he's one of the, uh, obviously he's one of the star uh, harness racing drivers in in Western Australia mm-hmm. as well. So good luck to, to Michael as he pivots into a thoroughbred training career. And uh, yeah, so that's Deadly Touch Race 6 at Belmont today. Um, so it is um, Thursday the 21st of May and we're recording. It's currently 12.07 p.m. from a racing point, uh, calendar point of view. Obviously, it's a na- uh, we touched on just then. It's a Narragin at Belmont meeting this afternoon, which is why they've got those lower grade type races as well as the maiden handicaps. There's a Jelton meeting on Friday, which is tomorrow, Provincial Champs Day at Belmont on Saturday, which we're about to, to dive into. And we finish the weekend in the goldfields with Kalgoorlie on Sunday, Terry. Yes, very much looking forward to Kalgoorlie. We've got a few of the uh, the WA Racing Fraternity. Uh, I think you might be attending as well, BJ. Uh, all catching up on uh, on Sunday now that restrictions have been lifted. To, well, they've been lifted to a certain degree and we're allowed to have a few more together. So uh, we've got, uh, we got Luke Fernie and uh, Bradley from Tab Touch. Cripper coming along. Dane's coming along. So we've got a, a nice, uh, nice little array of... Uh, Western Australian racing enthusiasts to come together and find a winner in the goldfields, BJ. Yeah, looking forward to it, Terry. Yeah, very much so. Um, haven't really ventured too far from home as as most of us uh, are in the same boat. So looking forward to uh, to catching up. Socialising. Yeah, socialising. Actual people. Real people. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to be fun. So um, looking forward to that. So time to thank our fantastic sponsors, the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meets. Mundaring Hotel has been heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. Now, the, as we mentioned on last week's podcast, they had a soft reopening that started on Monday under the new 20 people government policy. Uh, bookings are essential if you want to eat in and uh, or if you want to enter the pub for a feed and a frothy. So log on to the Mundaring Hotel's website or their Facebook page for information on that. And of course, they're still offering their takeaway and delivery food and beverage options. Um, so yeah, the um, 
they're, they're doing their best up at the Mundaring under difficult uh, circumstances. So give the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor a call. Let him know you're a 1-1 listener and, um, and get out there and support the good folk at the Mundaring Hotel. And Market City Meats is the largest retail butcher shop in Perth located at the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt and his team, they run the show out there. Drop in and say g'day. He'll look after you, that's for sure. Market City Meats, they sponsor our very, very popular Get Out Stakes competition. Congratulations to last week's winner, Sam White, who was uh, who was almost bang on with Labor Rod's official winning margin. And it was a double celebration for the young fella. It was his birthday on the same day. Happy birthday, Sam. And uh, from the Twitter, Twitter messages we were we were getting on Saturday night. It sounded like the boys were going to be having a big one. So hope you uh, all stayed safe and uh, and made it through um, an arduous Saturday night. But congrats and happy birthday, Sam White. Well done, mate. And uh, as always, we'll run through the finer details of the Get Out Stakes competition before we preview race nine. BJ, 30 seconds till the Italian job. Can we get this last bit done, do you think? Go for it. All right. Finally, if you want to read uh, Terry stuff, jump on to the Betfair hub. That's betfair.com.au. Terry uh, always provides an in-depth uh, analysis and uh, betting strategies for all his uh, fans out there. And if you'd like to read my pre-market preview, The Leg Up, it was published uh, this morning, 7 a.m. You can grab that, bestbets.com.au and also the Oz Race website. All right. Here we go, eh? Let's do it. Oh, you beauty. There we go, eh? Easy, uh, it's an easy game, this uh, this ownership thing, I tell you what. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, that's a uh, on a personal note. It's actually my late father who named that horse, BJ, as well. So, uh, Tony. A nice win. Yes, he would have enjoyed that one. I have, uh, I have no doubt. The phone's are. Uh, the phone's going hot here. I might need you to talk for a while, BJ, and I'll just uh, respond to these. Nah, I'll do it afterwards. Now, nah, very nice win. Very exciting. Bit of a galloping lesson. I uh, wasn't sure if they were going to be as aggressive as they were, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a nice feeling, BJ. Quite exciting. Yeah, about that. I bet. I bet. So yeah, for for those listeners uh, just just uh, just joining in, um, Terry is a part owner, and his friends are all a part owner of um, the Italian job, who led from barrier to box in uh, the opening race at Belmont today, ridden like the best horse, and won accordingly. Guru, that was good. It certainly was ridden like the best horse. Had to do a bit of work to get to the top, but um, uh, look, that's. Uh it's a nice win. I'm out of I'm out of words at the moment. It's a rarity for me, BJ. I've uh, no, I've in, I've enjoyed that one immensely. So, very uh, very nice win. Very happy congratulations, mate. Thank you, thank you. And uh, to everyone involved with the Kingsman Syndicate, um, yeah, that's always uh, a way to brighten your days, isn't it? Owning owning a, a winner. So, congrats, mate. That's good. Thank you, thank you. All right, BJ. Just got to regain my focus here. Seeing the, uh, do you know, do you know what he's actually called back at home? I just made this up, but he's called the West Australian Winx. After seeing the uh, the West Australian Winx do a bit of a number on him in the first there, geez, wasn't that something, eh? Went forward, did the work, asked to extend, see you later. What did he win by, 12, 13? I don't know. Conservatively, might yeah. Might, yep. might have been two or three, but we don't want to let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's something my mother taught me from a young age. So <laughs> one, of the greatest, one of the greatest bullshit artists there is. So, I, I, wonder how, um, I wonder how this podcast would have gone if uh, if – the Italian, oh, job, the Italian job had a kick three clear and then got got nailed rather than line by Ocean Candy or oh. Dusty Bartlett. Like, it would no, have been a, it would have been a tense uh, remainder of the podcast, I would assume. 
I reckon you would have been talking to yourself, BJ. So I, don't, I don't think that would have been a great deal coming from this. So what do you think about this race, Terry? Piss off, BJ. So. All right, let's get into it. Where, what do we have? Belmont uh, Park. Uh, Lowing for... Oh, so I'm a bit off the bit here, BJ. Bit, back uh, to Belmont, Terry. We're back to Belmont. How good is it? back to Belmont. It is good. Very good. Mm. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, we always discuss at the start of a podcast how we expect uh, the track to play. I have a mindset. Ascot was beating me mentally. I, I was looking at too many things. I was trying too hard pre-meeting to determine patterns. Um, so I'm just going to completely allow for a fair track and let uh, the track dictate how we view it as the season progresses. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you there, uh, Terry. I'm just gonna, it's just going to be speed maps. It's going to be – I'm not going to allow for hot lanes. We're not going to worry about wind conditions uh, early on. We're just purely going to allow for a completely fair track and adjust as we have to as the season progresses. So that's the plan going forward today. Good. Sounds uh, sounds good to me. Um, so what are we what are we expecting on Saturday? looks like it's going to be another cracking uh, day weather-wise. Um, light winds. Um, think that, what's the rail in the three meter position? Is that right? Yep, true yeah. today. Three meters um, on uh, on Saturday. So um, the Italian job used that night's fresh pad just then, perhaps BJ, which I'm sure it'll turn out to be the worst part of the track as well. So, geez, I feel sorry for the listeners, the three or four listeners we have that have to hear me carry on about dig deep, and I've just had a winner at the start of a podcast. So I reckon it's going to be a tough hour and a half for the uh, for people that are tuning in. So I apologise in advance. Yes, yes, and. Uh, and, but we won't talk about escalating unless he's in on Sat- Sunday on the quick backup, no, is no, he? No, 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 no. We're never talking about escalating again. No, he's, the, uh, <laughs> he's the, uh, the he's the black sheep of the family, so he was worth more than um, than Dig Deep and the Italian job combined. Actually, there's a stat for you. Right. Well, he's now in the care of uh, uh, the master from the goldfields, Peter yeah. Fernie. So if anyone can can get uh, can resurrect escalating, it's uh, it's old Podge Fernie. Fernie, I think. So no, I think uh, resurrect's the right word. I think it would need to be a, a higher power to resurrect escalating. <laughs> to be honest, but uh, we never know. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. All, All right. right. Should we get stuck in? Let's do it, mate. Uh, okay. Belmont race one. The uh, the opener. Eleven fifty eight. AM Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Maiden for uh, over sixteen hundred meters. Um, yeah, looks like uh, fairly. You know, the, lot, most of these horses came through the the fourteen hundred meter West Speed Maiden on the the ninth of May. The race that was won by Interstate. There are a couple of um, contrasting form lines as well, but uh, the majority of them, uh, the chances come through that race. Terry, you got any uh, strong views on uh, on the Maiden to kick things off? No, no real strong views. I just think it's really good to kick off the uh, Metro City Belmont meeting with a Maiden, though. Very happy about that, as I'm sure you are, uh, BJ. But uh, no, I've got, I haven't got any real strong <laughs> thoughts here. I'm going to look at playing I Hope You Dance late uh, on Betfair is going to be my plan. I know it's mm. had the 16, 15, 15 chances 15, now, yeah. but the last two efforts have been really, really good in unsuitable races. Um, behind a smart one in Blackwater Bay, then taken on um, by Classy Macro last start. Really wasn't really entitled to finish as close um, as it did in second place behind Interstate, who got the suck run right behind it. So I don't want to be taking much below four to one. So that's why I'm going to sit back. It's currently around the $3.20 mark. I'm, I'm just going to wait. And if I can get four to one late, um, I think that is worth a couple of bucks. But um, the only thing I did want to note uh, is a few of these runners, and maybe 
they didn't necessarily fail, um, but they looked well beaten by the likes of uh, I Hope You Dance or um, Interstate in that maiden. Now, horses like Heaps of Moolah and Belafonte Boy, I think a move to Belmont will suit these type of horses uh, who tend to get a little bit further back in their run um, and run on. So it's interesting how many horses and how horses will improve moving from Ascot to Belmont. And there are a couple that um, that should find an extra couple of lengths, I think, at the uh, the bigger, wider, longer straight of Belmont Park. Yes, yeah, I agree with that. I, um, I ended up uh, rolling with Ancient Remedy, who finished third behind uh, Interstate and I Hope You Dance. Um, just just still doing a few few things wrong, so I reckon there's a bit of upside there. Uh, out of um, uh, Old Value, who was an old spice man, who, got it, who I think won over a mile and, and was placed over further. So I'm, a, I'm expecting her to, to enjoy rising to the 1,600 metres on Saturday. For Paul Harvey from a mid-draw should be within striking distance of I Hope You Dance on straightening. Like the way it found the line, I reckon this could be a nice option for Ancient Remedy. Hip Wiggle, um, Maps well at her first uh, first go at the the mile. Got beaten hands down as an odds on pop at Pinjarra the other day, didn't it? it was yeah. I don't know if you could make too many excuses other than maybe Balladeer was just a better horse in the day, but she's going to get a chance from the draw. It's a shame we didn't get to see Balladeer go round yesterday after yes. we scratched at the gates because that would have given us a good line through hip wiggle. But there, I mean, there has have, does have to be a query um, on the fact that uh, she couldn't get it done then. There also has mm. to be the query about the thirteen hundred up to the mile as well, which is a bit of an unknown. So yeah, um, but but from the draw, should be getting. Uh, should be getting every chance in the run. Yeah, so for me, I'm going Ancient Remedy. I'm with you. I think Heaps of Muller will be doing its best work late from back in the field and and obviously the uh, the the favourite and the likely leader, I hope you dance. Um, could be 16th time lucky for this Brett Pope trained mare with the wizard on board. Yes, very much so. So I, uh, yeah, not a race I'm too keen to get overly uh, involved in, BJ. Okay, race two, moving on to the Labor Rod Western Race Picks Ascot Horse of the Year Plate. Um, so obviously Western uh, Western Race Picks have awarded their Ascot Horse of the Year to Labor Rod after his, um, he must have enjoyed uh, quite a season at uh, WA Racing Headquarters. So, And the stablemate of Labor Rod, the very, very exciting Charlton Eddie, he looks to have this race at his, mer- uh, at his mercy on Saturday. Yeah, he certainly does. I mean, if they get him in to the gates and get him out of the gates and running along, uh, it's it's hard to see them. Um, it's hard to see them catching him. Kiss on all four cheeks has made that form look very good. Um, but yeah, again, this is a race I'll be staying out of, BJ, getting involved in uh, two-year-olds at the shorts, especially one who's just played up at the gates and now mm. has a month between runs. I would not be taking the dollar forty. I think uh, I think he'll win, but it's not uh, a lot of people like um, bank builder multis and whatnot. This isn't one that I'd be uh, I'd be chucking in to get the extra forty percent or thirty percent or whatever you're getting. So uh, yeah. interesting watch on Dad's big headed. So what yes. they've what this yard's done is decided to scratch from a race against Dunbar. This also could be for the prize money reasons. There's a lot more money for second. Uh, scratch against Dunbar midweek. Who was a dollar twenty? Cerise and White Runner won well. Uh, won pretty well. No Bella. Um, ran a really good race leading and kicking there on a, on a pretty cold rail. Um, but they've opted to scratch there to face Charlton Eddy uh, over Dunbar. So um, an interesting watch Dad's, Dad's big headed would be. So if you're looking for an each way bet, it's around the $10, $12 mark, money back or slight profit second, third. It's, it's probably the way I'd go if you're uh, itching for an investment, BJ. Mm, yeah, well, Charlton Eddy was $1.14 
when he got scratched at the gates the other day. Oh, what was that? Two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Terry, I think deductions were seventy five cents in the dollar. In the dollar. Yeah, heavy. So, um, and uh, um, but but yeah, he uh, he was um, unbackable really at that at that price and played up in the gates quite remarkably considering um, stablemate Laverrod did a similar thing as well. So that was yeah that was kind of a weird coincidence really that from the same stable two odds on favourites getting scratched with it within a week but um but yeah as as Terry said if he is on his best behaviour he should just jump really well find the front and just yeah he's just far too powerful for these Charlton Eddie um, as we spoke about on a recent podcast he's he's comfortably within the um, conversation for 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 our top three four five two odds of of the season and uh, he looks to have a bit of a class edge on these really like the the debut from Rockard Omaru over the thousand meters mm-hmm. with Tash faithful on um, that was that was midweek covered ground got speared on straightening hit the line hard um, sectional times were good on the day look gives the impression he'll be suited rising to 1300 meters stable jockey Sean McGruddy going on board Rockard Omaru could be the could be the horse that challenges dad's big-headed for for second place and um but yeah it looks like the Charlton Eddie show again um at Belmont on Saturday very much in agreement. I'm actually just having a look at the market now. I sort of skipped this race. We've only sort of just getting markets filtering through as we record. But um, very surprised to see Rock Hard Omaru uh, on the seventh line of betting. It, it would definitely be on my third line um, as well. So uh, could be some value there at around uh, four bucks a uh, a hole. Yeah. Well, I see uh, it's twelve thirty, and I see that he is. Rockhart Armour is $27 on sports bet compared to around the $15 mark on uh, on the local exchange. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit. The, the one thing I'll say, when when backing, when betting into a race where there is going to be a $1.20 mm. favourite, it's usually best to go to the exchange because the $1.20 favourite is taking up X percentage of the market um, and and everything else could be cricket score odds. So usually, when usually, 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 when you're uh, hopping into something uh, with a race with a short price favourite, uh, the exchange late is the place to go. Okay, so keep your powder dry, Terry. Yeah, exactly right. Not for the place. Place, probably hop in elsewhere early, but for the win, definitely wait. Cool. All right. Good stuff. Moving on. Race three, Heineken three handicap. Uh, three-year-old contest over 1,400 metres. And uh, as we mentioned uh, in the preamble, uh, the very exciting three-year-old, unbeaten three-year-old resort man is uh, back in action two weeks after. He, uh, yeah, he's really, really strong. First up victory over 1,200 metres at Ascot. Terry, is there uh, is there any way you can see um, resort man going under um, this weekend? Uh, this is a different setup of um, this is a, a more difficult setup run race for Resort Man here. Can I see him getting beaten? I, I don't think he'll get beaten, but I do think the sub even money is a difficult quote to get involved with. Uh, last start we had the risk of uh, exactly how good is he and the, the question marks in that sense, but we also did have that hot lane at Ascot with the nice um, with the nice sit. So I'm I'm thinking from barrier seven they'll probably ride uh, they'll probably ride this bloke cold uh, from the gate, which means uh, he will have to get past a couple of reasonable smart ones um, out in front. But uh, I do 
think he'll be too good. But I actually, uh, I don't mind one at a little bit of a price here, BJ. And I'm, even though I'd probably have him as my um, my second selection, he's, he's easily the value runner of the race. And that's Rocky Path right down the bottom. Um he was huge uh, on big leader bias Ascot tracks with uh, with uh, young Bobo or Paddy Carberry on. Um, running up behind Cliffs of Comfort, Son of a God, River Bow, just getting back on tracks where it was nearly impossible to make any proper type of ground. Uh, he then had the services of W Pike when he was 1,000 to 1,400, which was already a question mark. Uh, they went to Bunbury for the um, one of the provincial championship heats he tried to ride him forward he got stuck wide i just there was nothing good about it. i still felt he stuck on pretty well to the line um it's one of those cases where the stewards haven't seen that he sat deep for the trip so there's nothing in the report about him um about him sitting three deep outside the speed no cover i just think if they ride him cold back to his favorite track uh, he's ran really big races behind kc um platinum bullet horses like that uh at uh, at Belmont in the past. I think if they just drop him out to, to near last and um, let him just come down the centre of the track and have a crack, I reckon he can run a really big race here. I don't think he'll be strong enough to potentially out-sprint Resort Man, but at $1.90 versus about 15, 16, 17 to 1, um, Rocky Path each way is um, one of my favourite investments for the day, mm. DJ. Good SP profile there considering, what, well, 370 uh, in the Sky Channel uh, so the provincial championship series heat. That was probably that was probably my money as well. So yeah. he, owes me, he owes me a couple of bucks. She owes me a couple of she, bucks. Yeah, uh, uh, compared to Paris and George, who was around a similar quote and won. Uh, Paris mm. and George is favourite for the provincial champs final later in the day as well. So that's a uh, little little bit of information there. But I I actually was interested in you your thoughts on resort men going back. I am thinking they might push forward. He, I think he led or pushed forward in both both trials. I mean, he was ridden quiet on debut at Bunbury back in January, but he, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them work up outside Stellador and maybe sit outside leader in, in running. Um, but uh, but yeah, either way, as I said in my preview, he's he does have tactical versatility. Resort man Michael Lane and, and Kiriul are. Um, very astute at what uh, at what they do. Marsh and Lily at the moment. Yeah, aren't they? they're just um, they're getting basically middling everything at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, tactically, he could go back. He could roll forward. I, I don't know. I just I just think this guy's ceiling's significant. Has a um, I reckon he's got probably got a bit on these. I would suspect the biggest danger is Fura. I was really quite taken with his midweek 1400 meter ascot win i know that it was a soft seven and um and uh so there was there was some you know there might be a bit of a query in terms of the the beaten margins and and how some of the horses in that race performed on the rain affected going but he was powerful uh the figures stood up really well on the day i mean he's he's got prior prior strong um peak ratings um ran second to kakadu in a in a um against uh, you know back in at bunbury back in february like he's um he's got he's got his share of ability that's for sure Fura, but and as does baby blues to be honest she hasn't she hasn't done a lot wrong all prep but um um difficult ride for christy bennett yeah yeah i think they'll snag from the wide gate go back which means it'll, baby blues will have to out sprint um both resort man and rocky path uh with christy on it it's a difficult one for for baby yeah. blues and um and stella Dore's the other one that's in the market but i don't think stella Dore ran out a super strong 1200 so i think in up in grade up to the 1400 meters looking like i 
I mean, well, she, he looks like the obvious leader. Um, I, I don't think he'll be running out a strong 1,400 metres. It'll be interesting how early Fuhrer gets off the back of Stellador. Uh, Fuhrer's two best performances, to my eye, at least. Um, obviously, I don't have the the numbers. Not a big numbers man in that sense. Um, we're both in uh, inclement conditions, yes, I believe, from yes. memory as well. So being by Correct. universal ruler, that's understandable. So back on top of the ground, maybe that's a, a slight negative for Fuhrer. But, uh, I mean, he won by nearly four lengths and he, he probably had a um, he probably had a bit of bad luck in the run as well he probably could have won by a little bit further so uh, it's a cracking little three-year-old event expecting resort man to be too good but um, we were taking sort of three dollars three dollars twenty last start with the perfect map and and now we're talking he might have to breeze up to the 1400 or might have to go back to last um I, I actually think there is uh, the capability for Kyra to decide as she gets out the machines because I, I do think that um, Sean McGrady on Irritable Rodney uh, will be happy uh, taking the 1-1 one, one, um, yes. if yeah. uh, Resort Man does go forward. But in saying that, if Resort Man doesn't, I think they'll be pretty happy um, breezing as well. So there's a few... Uh, variables in this map but for me um, Rocky Path will sit uh, in the last three in running uh, I like Clint Johnston Porter going on a sit and sprinter he hasn't had a big May uh, CJP I don't think he's ridden mm. a winner in May just yet but um, he's the type of jockey I like for this type of horse and I think we're going to get the price to find out uh, how much she improves coming to Belmont so uh, Rocky Path each way at that price for me BJ Fair enough, yeah, understood. Resort Man is under my current quote at the moment, as Terry uh, mentioned. What did you mark him? I was I was hoping for, well, ideally I'm hoping for around the, um, anything with a two in front of it, but preferably around the 220 mark I was looking for, which I doubt I'm going to get. But um, And that was because I sort of had him breezing outside leader, which which looks a bit of a challenge, second up, 1,400 metres, Belmont. But um, yeah, if, he's as good, if he's as good as I think he is, I think he'll just just win. Um, hopefully there's a, there's a bit of a squeeze on him uh, price-wise on the exchange late and, and maybe we, we get a bit of evens or a bit better, but we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, betting late will uh, will be quite interesting on that race. How many people are willing to potentially take on the best horse uh, with a sticky map? But um, yeah, you can't knock the uh, trainer or jockey at the moment. No, absolutely not. Moving forward on to race four, Perth Racing at Home Handicap, 2,200 metres, rating 78 plus. Uh, looks like um, you know most of these horses are coming through the Eurythmic Stakes um, a couple of weeks back, which was won by Utgard Loki, and, and, uh, and he really does look the horse to beat again, Terry. Can, um, can you find anything uh, that can... Um, that can upset the the current favourite. Uh, I oh, you could definitely find something to try and get him beaten. But this to mm. me just looks like the quintessential Justin Warwick stayer progressing through the grades. Um, I, I was pretty keen last start, got a pretty soft out in front, but also that's the first time um, a he was up to the staying trip and b uh, he led a horse race. So the stable mate Noir should be fitter for the runs. Probably the one because he's a thousand eighteen hundred to twenty one hundred. So probably needed that to to be cherry right. But I just think Utgard Lockie might be. Um, at a different level. I think with Proxy and Fair Scenario in the race, he'll probably land just behind the speed, so he won't actually have to lead them up here um, at his first uh, look at Belmont Park. And 
even with the weight swing that frees him off and uh, Nwadaru, um and the others he met last start, especially Touch of Silver with the claim, get on him. I just feel like he's the progressive runner here and he'll just keep on winning. The $2.30 hasn't grabbed me. I've marked him $2.30. I think we might see a slightly, slightly, slightly um, better price late. So I'm um, very happy to, to follow on with uh, with Ukgard, Lockie, BJ. Yeah, me too. He, um, yeah, I like what you said that he 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 handled that. Um, I guess that that challenge of okay, all right, well, there's no leader in this race. We're just gonna have to lead and um, and see what happens. And and Lucy was um, went straight to the front in the, in the Eurythmic Stakes. Uh, control really controlled things. Didn't was actually just sort of pretty much walked them to to the 800, but mm-hmm. controlled things. It was a it was a different look. Uh, at Utgard Loki, but handled it like the uh, class horse that he is, as you said, with proxy and fair scenari engaged. He and from gate three, geez, he's going to get a perfect run on what looks to be. Uh, and I, I'm thinking maybe even a more genuine tempo would probably suit him even better. Um, so um, he's um, he's doing everything right, and he's he's clearly stands out as as the horse to beat. Stablemate Noir Rue, um, who we spoke, who we flagged um, on this podcast recently, he looks the main danger again. He loves racing at Belmont. Um, fitter, fit, even fitter now, as as Terry mentioned, he should be Justin Warwick should have him cherry right. But I, I'm with you. I think um, I think Utgard Loki is the is the horse with more talent, um, if that's fair enough thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Still and, improving uh, too. Still improving, got still mm-hmm. got upside, Luca Loki, and he's he's progressing, whereas uh, Nawadaru's sort of been around this mark for 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 a period of time. Uh, uh, Red Army with with is a different horse with Pike on, and uh, should be suited rising to twenty two hundred meters as well. But um, Month he's going to run sixty one kilos. Yeah. It's a bit of a worry, isn't it? It is a worry, and he's going to have to obviously come from behind the two the two mm-hmm. main fancies. So yeah, it, it looks set up nicely for another Justin Warwick Quinella. Woodguard Loki should get the job done. One thing I wanted to talk to you about was mm-hmm. the uh, the tearaway tactics on Proxy last start. Um, so this horse ran second with a, not a sit, but on speed, uh, in the Jordan cup went really good. Um, second to freeze him off and, um, uh, in the Jordan cup, two starts back and then was, um, was sent forward, uh, in a 2266 plus race at Ascot on the 2nd of May. And I think, um, Vince Accardi's figures was he was 12, 12 or 13 lengths above benchmark to the 800 and compounded, uh, interesting, Riding tactics, and you touched on something earlier. Uh, uh, Chloe Azapardi got uh, questioned for her ride on Classy Macro when she eyeballed um, "I Hope You Dance" in the uh, in the Maiden. I think it might have even been the same day or, or a week earlier. Um, the questions uh, the stewards queried her ride as to why she um, pressured the leader, and we went back through the figures and and to the eight hundred they were going four lengths below benchmark. So so. You know, like it was as if they were going at a good, good, strong tempo, and um, and and while she probably did err in, in some ways, I don't think it was as significant as you know the the tearaway tactics on proxy and the horse finishes twelve and a half lengths last, and no questions get asked. Um, just wanted to see what what your thoughts on on that, Terry. It seems like there was there was a different set of rules perhaps yeah yeah now there's no consistency it's a bit like we discussed uh we have discussed many a time the uh the notifications for tactical changes there was one yesterday i wanted to bring up sorry it escapes me at the moment but um there's there's no real consistency if you're gonna 
question one, you've really got to question all. And as you said, the ride on proxy, especially with the, uh, and this, I, I'm not suggesting this, but with the stable mate in the race who was really suited by the top end speed uh, defiantly. Um, I mean, that's probably, is was that that race? Have I got the right one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Swiss, Swift Platinum led the race early and then Peter Hall couldn't really hold proxy and he just let it slide and it just took off on him. But but yeah, it was- Question it, should have been asked, definitely. Especially when you marry it up against the, or cross-references against the sectional times and the benchmark figures on the day. I think I think there's there's questions to, to be asked and um, questions to be answered. So, But regardless, that's a bit of a sidebar. Um, it'd be interesting to see what, what um, new rider on proxy on uh, on Saturday and Chris Nichols. So interesting to see if uh, if they lead on him or or maybe take the back of fair scenario. But we'll wait and see how that plays out. We will wait and see. Okay, on to the other staying race of the day, the uh, lower class. I find it quite odd that a horse like Upward Others is racing in the... Um uh, is in the 78 plus as a 61 rider and not in the uh, in the 60 plus. But anyway, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that Heck, your man Heck, has got his reasoning for that. Bj, mm, hashtag Heck Watch. Heck Watch. So, hashtag. Um, could be an old fashioned sting from Hector in uh, race four of the day. So you never know. All right, the second staying race for the day, Bj, uh, the Gourmet Takeaway Handicap. If you were going to get takeaway, I hope you would be considering the Mundaring Hotel, though, of course, where Correct. all the food is gourmet. Uh, over the 2,100 metres, uh, a 60-plus event. And, uh, gee whiz, this is a difficult little staying race to decipher, isn't it, Bernard? How about how about the back to Belmont effect, Terry? Mm. With the, these fields are just bulging, aren't they? they? Certainly are. They they are bulging, aren't they? They're <laughs> bursting at the seams. These fields are. <laughs> Look, this is a, a very interesting race. I don't have any hugely strong opinions. I have a I have a few knocks though. Um, I don't think Divine Shadow got the eighteen hundred, so I don't think it gets the twenty one. Uh, Picture Perfect's a month between runs. I don't know if that's by design. A few of his runs have been well spaced, but um, he obviously looks really well mapped and, and should be getting a lot of favours, but I'm not not convinced the 28 days between runs is ever going to be ideal for a stayer. Um, watch me, Nene's racing a lot better than his paper form suggests, but it's hard from the gate. I don't think Duckfeet stays. I think this is a poor move from the stable to put him up to the trip. He was racing really well and would have suited a nice mile race at Belmont, so I think that was a bit of an error from the team. Uh, and Stafford's lad to me looks like he's coming to the end of a pretty long and um, pretty consistent Preparation for um, for Ian Shield, the man with the shield. I couldn't think of anything funnier there, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, look, very open race. I I like the current prices and the ones that are above my um, odds. I really like the way Defiantly found the line last start. Did get the rails run through, but in these staying runs, uh, staying races, it isn't always easy to cop a little bit of traffic and then pick up and sprint again. And Defiantly did that really mm. well. Um, luckily, the stable mate set it up uh, for uh, for her. But um, she really uh, hit the line nicely. Likes Belmont. Um, goes yes. well for Jade. Has done in the past. I think it's uh, at low double figures. I can make a case for having something small on Defiantly. Um, I think. But hang on. Are we uh, are we going again? Uh, no, I'm not going again. No. no, Mitch Mitch was a bit critical on himself with rivalry galore. It probably weren't his two best rides, but um, he was a little bit critical, uh, saying that it's probably not his um, type of horse. The horse doesn't go for him. That might well be the case. He'll definitely be suited going back to Belmont as well, where he's got a mm. nice little record. Um, 
from barrier twelve with the big weight, yeah, he, he can definitely win uh, if you're doing an early quaddy. Um, he has to. He has I to see. Uh, I see. Tab Touch must have must have preempted that we were going to launch Rrr. again, Terry, because opened up opened up four forty and now on the drift hard. Yeah, he did open up very short uh, at Tab Touch. It was a look. You've, you've got a feel for Brady. That was a, a pretty difficult old uh, race to price, wasn't it? Bloody <laughs> the whole the whole. The whole day, basically, the last half of the card was very challenging. Yeah, it's, it's an extremely um, opinion-based uh, rating when you head back to Belmont for the first time. But uh, no, he can win, but I'm, I won't be going back to the well again, so that probably should encourage everybody else too after the amount I've lost on him in his last two. But uh, I, I think that Petticoat Junction is a horse with a lot of upside who is continuing to improve. Uh, this is a major step up in grade, and... It's not really a filly who can utilise the barrier. She doesn't step all that well. And I think she does her best work with some galloping room. So it's not an easy ride for Tash. Um, the five bucks is probably as thin as you'd want to go. But look, I, I, I'm not too keen to get uh, super excited on many here. A horse I want to have a little bit on and will probably be my Mandy will be um, will be Swift Platinum. Um, looks to have a map mm. where... Well, I think Swift Platinum should be able to lead this by himself. You go back... Three starts ago was the last time he's been able to lead a race without any um, mid-race pressure or being taken on. And uh, he ran second to Red Army, who, look, if Red Army hadn't missed a run, I, with Pike going back on, I would have given him a big chance of knocking off Woodgard Lockie uh, in the 78+. Yeah. plus. So um, we, we very simply have to um, be respecting that run, albeit on a very rail-heavy track um, by Swift Platinum. So, look, it's currently around the $30 mark. I... Wouldn't surprise me if it's it's even longer um, on the day, but uh, look, I'll be looking at having something on Swift Platinum and uh, Defiantly and, and Petticoat Junction potentially as well. They're all big enough prices to have a little fiddle around the place, BJ. Okay, yeah, the only other horse I can see coming across and attempting to, not maybe attempting to leave, but probably the horse that's going to race outside Swift Platinum is probably boys get around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon they'll push forward from a high draw with Chris Nickel on board. But yeah, I agree with that. He's uh, he's going to get a lead lead to suit Swift Platinum. Um, Christy Bennett claiming three back up to the 2100. I can see exactly where you're coming from there. I'm actually um, quite keen on one here. I think this is a perfect race, a perfect race for picture perfect. Mm-hmm. Um I believe that the 28 days has been by design because we're back at Belmont. I reckon this horse has been screaming out for this particular venue. Bob can be more patient than others. He has that competitive advantage. The stable has been 21 days between runs, uh, virtually all prep. Um, But um, his run behind Canvas with Chris Graham on board on a hot rail day where he was three wide with cover the entire Cop some interference in the straight and still picked himself up to run third was significant. Pike back on from a good draw back to Belmont. This looks set up perfectly for um, for this horse and um, and yeah, he's he's one of my my better better plays for the day actually. I think he's progressive enough. Um, Stays well, uh, wizard back in uh, back to his brilliant best with what did he ride for Pinjarra yesterday? Terry? He did. So, yes, he did. Um, he's just been picking off a few winners here and there recently, but hadn't really been giving it the full uh, wizard treatment of late. But he was back in town uh, yesterday with um, with a four timer. But um, I reckon picture perfect. This this is set up sweetly for uh, for this horse. So pretty keen. Picture perfect. Yeah, it does look uh, perfectly mapped. If they've got him. Um if they've got uh, him cherry ripe, he'll certainly be hard to beat, BJ. But um, you're definitely a lot more confident than me. So uh, I mm. like it. I like it. 
Yeah, um, just quick mention for uh, Sir, the former Cerise and White runner, Weston King. Won't be wearing the Cerise and White, but rather the pink and white of uh, Paul Hunter has uh, has been transferred to Paul Hunter in Albany following his last start second placing to Sacks on, Sacks off. So former Peters Investments runner, Weston King, making his uh, debut for the Paul Hunter stable with Mitchell Pateman on board as well. Mm-hmm. Bit of a family affair. Yes, yes, mm. but um, but yeah, picture perfect for me, and um, and uh, I uh, and I'm, I'm sort of with you with in regards to Petticoat Junction emerging three of Philly stays well, inform stable, um, ticks a few boxes. Very good. I found recently that I went in races where I'm sort of like, oh, a bit of this, bit of that, bit. Of, I, I'm not having uh, a huge amount of, of success, so I'm um, I'm I'm far more. Uh, if I was listening to this. Um, I would be far more inclined to follow Mr. Ryan in here, I'd suggest, because uh, my opinion is uh, is very varied uh, in this race. But uh, it's not so in the next, PJ. Quite excited. Race six, yes. first leg of the quaddy, the Amelia Park Handicap, graduation 1,200 metres. Sounds like Terry's got something he wants to get off his chest. Oh, it's just it's been a while since I've had a chance to delve into the uh, the cerise and white vortex. Uh, it's been uh, they've, they haven't <laughs> had any of their big guns out and about for uh, for quite some time, um, and we see one here in showmanship. Interested in your thoughts on the trial, BJ? Uh, yeah, lovely pipe opener. Not knocked around. Love the way he lengthened, pulled some ground off uh, late. Flower of was it Flower of Scotland in the same heat? Salamat uh, might have knocked off Flower of Scotland around second. Yeah, yeah, actually, I think and Super Maxi, I think, was in the trial, but Flower of Scotland went and won well at Pinjari yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just went through his gears nicely uh, underneath William Pike. Um, set up sweetly for a winning return, I would say. That's my view. Yeah, it was uh, also the quickest trial of the day by quite some way. Uh, showmanship ran fourth, and his time would have won every other trial, and that included um, Leverod, and uh, there was another. It escapes me at the moment. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a very quick trial, basically. So it was a real proper pipe opener. Uh, the query people will have, obviously, here is um, he's off 329 days, which yes. usually for me would be a um, – well, it's not just for me. It's for everyone. It would be a bit of a red flag, obviously. But Bob really knows what he's doing here and allowing these horses to mature. And you said it to me yesterday when we spoke that he uh, he has a lot more patience um, than a lot of us. He has, he has a lot of good horses, so he doesn't need to rush them through. We've only, uh, we might only own one or two. He's got one or two thousand. So um, he knows uh, how patient he needs to be with these good horses. And, and I think that's, um, that's all it comes down to uh, in that sense. Uh, I am pretty keen. His uh, debut win over Lipstick Flickers uh, was absolutely huge. Um, special, special win, wasn't it? Yeah, over the, over mm. the thousand, um, over the thousand meters of Belmont on a heavy eight as well. It's, it's difficult to, to come out and debut um, against reasonably good horses, let alone uh, over a thousand meters on a heavy eight and come from the rear of the field to um, to absolutely wallop and Lipstick Flickers went on to make that form look pretty good over the next 12 months as well. Um, and then second up, I mean, it's arguable. I am very much in the... Uh, in the uh, of the opinion that he should have beaten um, Samizdat, who obviously went and nearly started favourite in a railway stakes. Uh, Essential Spice, Fred Dagg, Cryptic Glove, uh, uh, and Informed Dacio, they were all in that same race. That was a hot, 
62 plus event. Dollar um, 75 that day. Yeah, well, BJ, it's funny you actually bring it up. I actually had the uh, the four dollars forty, the four to one, the three sixty, the three twenty, the three dollars, the two eighty, the two sixty, the two forty. I backed him all the way down. I stopped at about two forty, um, and I was yeah, I was chomping. At the bit, and uh, yeah, Troy Turner actually uh, said, "No, I'm not letting you out of this gap on cryptic love." And uh, gee whiz, that was a that was a difficult old watch. I uh, I, tell I think you Pike Road five winners oh, that day too. Geez, yeah, I'm, I'm just having shivers just thinking about that. That was one of the uh, that was one of the tougher days on the Carmichael Hunts. I tell you what. But- so you've been you've been having some interesting, some fun. Well, we've we've been having some fun uh, interactions with the Ganjimi Racing Yard recently mm. um, through the deeds of. Um, podcast cult hero uh, condor heroes um yes. so so yeah yeah it's um i, I no doubt we'll, we'll hear that uh your thoughts on uh, the showmanship should have beaten uh Samus that that day because uh that was a bit of conjecture um no, but, no um, absolutely taking nothing away from Samus that <laughs> carried 62 um and circled the field it was it was a huge win um, but I do feel that uh, showmanship is going to be one out of the box. I'd like to mm. see Pikey give him some room on straightening. He's, he's a bit like um, well, he's a bit like the majority of the Cerise and White runners who really perform their best when they can wind up, and I think he will need to wind up. Um, the fact this is over the 1,200 does fill me with confidence. Um, plenty of respect for a lot of runners in this, obviously Platinum Bullet, but I think Platinum Bullet from the barrier, they'll probably not be in too dissimilar a position, um, Platinum mm. Bullet and Showmanship. I just can't see with the same luck in running, I can't see Showmanship um, out sprinting. Uh, sorry, I can't see Platinum Bullet out sprinting Showmanship. So very keen to get on board. There's enough speed and it's pretty average speed as well. Um, you're going to see the likes of Salamat for new trainer, Tiana Robinson. I reckon Salamat's going to have a good prep, by the way. Um, she's getting horses to fly. really like the trial. Um, expecting it to have a good prep, but this isn't the race, I wouldn't have thought. Um, Christy Bennett will probably push forward on Sir Mambo from the wide gate potentially. So Round, be- around the point. Around the point. So there's, there's mm. good, there should be a three-wide line. Um, rewrite the stars. Let's see if it makes it to the barriers. Good luck to mm-hmm. Travis Murray, friend of the podcast, who has a share in uh, in Rewrite the Stars. Hopefully I can at least see her go around because it's been a few false starts with her. Um, yeah. look, long story short, this is a graduation 60-plus. This is a top-line horse. Um, I've marked showmanship. What did I mark showmanship? $2.20. I think it's now getting into around that price. So it's uh, as a, in regards to being a betting proposition, in a full field like this, I think we might be best off waiting till late. There has to be some money around for Platinum Bullet. There has to be some money around for one or two other runners. Tycoon Legend with Kyra Yulon will improve as well. Um, imagine, imagine if Tycoon uh, Legend knocks off showmanship. That, that would be that would be a that would be a story. For as the they say in the classics, that will do me. But if that happened, <laughs> that would absolutely do me. I would. Uh, I'd need assistance picking up the toys because they'd be. Uh, they would be everywhere. Um, but yeah, I'm very keen. Championship and uh, Glasgow Girl is the big improver at twenty dollars plus. Mm. BJ, cool. Yeah, I'm with you. Very keen as well. Showmanship, class horse, um, has an abundance of talent. We've spoken about his trial. Just needs just needs galloping room. Just needs an ounce of luck uh, from a mid draw. Pike on board balances up. Has way too much closing speed for these. He'll be winning. Um, Platinum Bullet. Stand, obviously, the standout second selection, um, good filly, pretty good against the pattern in the resort man race, I thought, doing um, doing her best work late. Um, 
back to Belmont also um, has has raced well at this um, at this venue in the past. Other than that, I think yeah, as rewrite the stars is always very well found in the markets, isn't it, Terry? But mm-hmm. never seems to start. <laughs> never seems no, to I think race. A lot, a lot of people remember that um, as I do is remember that um, that second to wind storm where they cleared out from the rest of the field. Ran a lot yeah. of big races um, throughout her career, but she's obviously got a lot of issues. So even when she, I think now when she does finally make it to the track, we're all sort of holding our breath a little bit in regards to how well she will go. But um, yeah, we has, a, like has a win over Levitate as well, which mm-hmm. is um, at, at Belmont um, over the 1200 metres. So yep. yeah, maps well for Chrissy Parnham, uh, low weight as well. So, um, and uh, and I'm with you about Glasgow Girl. And I just want to have a big watch on a horse that I have a bit of time for. He just lost his way a little bit last prep, three-year-old by the name of No Apology. Uh, liked his trial behind Windstorm at Belmont on May 11. This doesn't look his race, but SJ Miller Stable is back in a bit of form. Just want to watch him go around. Um, looking forward to seeing him in something more suitable, second up or third up. But this does look the the uh, the race for showmanship, and hopefully he can he can give us a glimpse as to what's under the hood on Saturday. Exactly right. Very much looking forward to it. Time most uh, anticipated race on the card, without doubt. Good stuff. So, race seven, Crown Perth Handicap, fourteen hundred meters. I wonder how long it is to to the Crown reopens. There's got to be some people out there who are absolutely chomping at the bit to get back into the cast, the big house, Terry. Yeah, the, um. the, the chip factory. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Be, the the lines will be uh, the, the lines will be uh, you have to line up a know, week in advance. I reckon just to uh, yeah, then you have to take take your swag and camp out just to uh, just to get a spot at a roulette table. I think. <laughs> uh, any well, yeah. speaking of roulette, um, I uh, I was um, really happy to see Pinsun win. We discussed that briefly last week, but no, I was really oh, happy. Did, did to Pinsun see him. win? Did he? When yeah, was that? no, really happy mm. to see him get um, get smashed as a as a uh, rising ten year old and. Um, and win like he was, uh, win like he was wink. So that was good. Just stuff, so. bolted, just bolted him mm. too, didn't yeah, he, old it, Pinson? It was a hot rail, but uh, yeah, that was a, a very interesting but astute betting move. We have to say uh, this won't be his race, BJ, but uh, this will be the race for Black Jew Caddy. Uh, I think Chrissy Parnham got it a little bit wrong um, at her most recent outing. She how how, how so? I felt he should have been more aggressive. The way the track was playing, the fact you've got Double Bubble and Massimo, who are your two biggest dangers in the race, um, I would like to see more aggression. There would have been a chance he was stuck deep. Uh, she mm. was stuck deep, but um, we did know that going into it. I-, I would like to see a little bit more aggression um, with the rider and look for the 1-1. But I can also understand not wanting to give her a gut buster potentially out three deep when they're looking at a uh, four or five start preparation. So it was it was by no means a howler. So she ended up three wide with cover, yeah, yep, behind yep. Masquerade, is that right? Yeah, on the back of Masquerade, it's that deep yeah, trip. Yeah. Yep. So so uh, so your your view is they should have been more positive really to try to try to jam into the one one, yeah? Black Ducati's strength, I don't know if Black Ducati's necessarily um, the quickest point to point horse, but has really good gate speed, uh, can sustain a reasonable tempo. Um, and can sustain a little bit of a run as well. So I, I think it, you want to ride this horse with cover in the first few, and she has the tactical speed to do that, and I mm-hmm. think that's exactly what she gets here. Um, from barrier six, she's quicker than the five horses drawn underneath her, uh, so she should be able to cross either find the rail, sit one off, 
see how that all works out. And all the speed will come across from out wide. Uh, you got Miss Brown's boy drawn in barrier 10. Hasn't gone forward so far this prep, but I think if jumping well, that will be the intention to go forward on Mrs. Brown's boy. My Greek boy from 12, let's go forward or go back. I can't see them going back on a horse that's a million years old. And we, we know it's... Uh, um, we know it's strengths and weaknesses. Like, there's no advantage to to go back to dead last and see if he can run on. Um, then you've got Massimo from 11 and Pinson, barrier nine. Um, interesting to see what they do with Massimo here. There is the potential they look to ride him cold with the longer Belmont mm. straight, but I do think most of his wins, again, have been going forward, sitting first four, and um, Pikey really lifting him over the line against some pretty good horses. But with those runners coming across, it should give uh, Black Ducati a nice little cover um, uh, on speed, and I think from there, uh, for a flying Michael Lanyard, as we discussed earlier, uh, she'll be very, very difficult to beat getting in on the minimum here. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, one of the one of the big players is Black Ducati. I um, I'm just compelled to stick with uh, my man Massimo. Uh, had a bit of a setback prior to last start. I believe it was a jaw abscess, which meant that he was scratched from the Ascot May 2 meeting, landed in the 1-1. On paper was maybe a touch disappointing behind Double Bubble last start. I'm not convinced Massimo's as good as we think um – as we think he is. Even going back to the this, and this will, this will probably ruffle a couple, but going back to the three-year-old wins, I think a lot of those wins were Pike's rides. He's, he's just landed him in the perfect position. He, he looks like a tough on-pacer. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced. I'm not I'm not convinced Massimo's quite as good as the um, the $2.20 he's going up at yeah. every single yeah. start, to be honest, especially. And and this and here we've got to look at the fact he's, he's drawn out in the river and he's either going to have to do work or going to have to set a lot further back. So I'm, I'm not convinced on Massimo. What did you What did you think of Pike riding Massimo over Mashard? Uh, I think he had to. I think he had to. I think he. I think a good part of him would have would have liked to have been on Mashard, but uh, I think it was a pretty easy decision for him to go with um, to go with Massimo over Mashard. Yeah. Well, in fairness, in fairness, Adam Durant's a champion trainer, but he has had a bit of a lean stretch by uh, by his standards over mm-hmm. the last couple of months. Um, hasn't uh, only I can only think of three horses that have won for him in recent months. They'd be I'm pretty Western King and uh, maybe Blackwater Bay. Other than that, it's been pretty thin old time for for the for the Durant Yard. But um, so maybe maybe they're. Um, there's a, there's a, something going through the stable or something like that, but it's unusual to see such a, a lean stretch for for this particular stable. But um, I'm just yeah, I, I can see exactly where you're coming from, Terry. I, I wrote in my leg up that that some may be um, looking to jump off the Massimo bandwagon. Um, I'm sticking for one more. I just think that that setback. Um, uh, prior to his second up run, did have every chance. May have just got anchored underneath the 61 as well. I just feel as though um, that run will bring him forward, and if he's as good as I think he is, he can elevate t- to a level which is going to make him really, really hard to beat. And we're we're finally going to get a reasonable, I guess, a reasonable price, a more realistic price for him. I think on Saturday with uh, with the the obvious queries which Terry highlighted as well as as well as gate 11. I'd love to see him maybe ridden a touch colder than what he has been if that's a possibility and so, so and, with, and with the lux, uh, the likes of Mrs Brown's boy, my Greek boy, Nelson's flight, those sort of horses, um Pinson pushing forward, it's just going to create that that tempo so if Pikey can slot him in with with cover it'd just be, be nice to see him let down 
uh, with a smother um, and just to see what what he can do when he's not always ridden for for speed all the time. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, look, you know we. Massimo had Laverod covered uh, in you know earlier in the three-year-old season. Laverod has obviously taken the next step, and and he's a serious, serious animal. I'm not quite ready to give up on Massimo just yet. If anything, I think they're pretty equally matched. What price would Laverod be in a race like this? I don't know. Massimo does does have some work to do. He's not quite um, at the mark where I thought he would be this time in work. Going to keep the faith in this fellow one more time with Massimo. I reckon. I reckon I'm gonna. I'm gonna go again. Um, Moshard um, doesn't lose a lot with with Mitchell Pateman on board. He does ride this horse or horse well, but he, he obviously needs needs room and he needs uh, being a back marker. Needs plenty to go right. I can see exactly where Terry's coming from with Black Ducati, and I'm surprised you didn't mention your old mate Megazone back to 1400 meters from a low draw. Just about to. Megazone's a clear second elect for me oh, uh, after Black Ducati. Yeah. should land uh, in a nice cuddled up spot. I really like the booking of um, Paul Harvey uh, for the horse. It's his first time he would have hopped on the back of Megazone. And, um, for his father, for his father Larry, one of the part owners of Megazone, Larry, Larry Harvey. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I didn't actually know that. Um, but I, I do think last uh, that Ascot track, it's just a... Funny, funny, funny old track, the way that was playing towards the end of the season. And um, he just didn't let down for Alan Kennedy then down the centre. So back to the 1,400, nice cuddled up run is definitely um, my second elect in the race. Good. All right. So Terry is oh, – just one question. Do you think mm. – how do you – how do you think – do you think Mrs. Brown's boy is ready to, to improve? He loves yeah. loves Belmont. Might be one run – one run early, but I reckon we're going to see a bit more from him on Saturday. Maybe up to a mile next start might be his go, Mrs. Brown's boy. Yeah, 100%. Well, he's 1,100, 1,000, 1,400, uh, fourth up here at the 1,400. Yeah, he's a better miler, um, and he probably does need one more run. He probably doesn't want to run into a couple of um, a sharp three-year-old in Massimo and a, uh, and a nice one in Black Ducati, who's also drawn. But, uh, yeah, I think that Mrs. Brown's boy wins once we can get him cleanly out the gates as well. He didn't jump super clean last start. So once we get him out the gates, he will win one. And uh, if you can... If you can get in at the right time, uh, you'll probably win one at a price like he usually does. So, um, yeah, it's all about the timing. You need to bring the tan. Yeah, back. I was just goes thinking very, that. goes bring, very well for Randy Tan. Bring uh, Randy Tan back to the West and get him mm. on board. Um, okay, good. All right, so this is uh, headache-inducing material. The next race, Terry, it's the race eight, the Sky Racing Provincial Championship Series Final, a full field of 16 plus uh, three emergencies waiting to, to gain a start also. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, I'm pretty keen. I'm sticking with uh, smart three-year-old, up-and-coming three-year-old power of St. George. Uh, it's pretty thin, though, considering the um, the, the draw and the, um, I guess, the, the full field and taking on the older horses at Belmont. Just um, wondering what your thoughts are on um, these these provincial championship series finals are always difficult uh, races to assess, but uh, this this feels like a, a Perth Racing Guru type setup. What have you got for us, mate? Oh, I, I I really do enjoy the uh, the country. I reckon this is the best one um, I've ever seen as well. Just about such a uh, such a quality and interesting bunch of uh, horses coming together that have uh, been dominant in the country regions. But um, I'm with you. What 
if you try and decipher all the form and put it all together, it's all very difficult. You can't rate horses from Kalgoorlie against horses that have been in Bunbury to Jolton, et cetera, et cetera. It's very hard to put all of that together. Um, but Paris and George is just, uh, I think it's just better than them. Uh, the thing that Paris and George needs is um, it needs, I think the big field suits for a nice hot tempo. You've got mm. the likes of Magna Force, Lickety Split, Excaro, Oihana, Peppy Jack from out wide will probably roll forward too. Um, so the, the tempo's there. Paul Harvey goes back on. Needs a, a big, strong jockey. We found that out a couple of starts ago. Um, I think he's just better um, than them. It was interesting, actually, that uh, a three-year-old's going down this path compared to... Uh, it's probably quite smart placement from David Harrison. Otherwise, uh, he would be running into the likes of Resort Man um, today. So uh, I think that's quite smart placement um, from D. Harrison with Paris and George. But... Look, if the emergencies come out, the three emergencies, he comes into barrier 11, there's always a three-wide line um, in these capacity fields, um, especially with the amount of speed that's on. I just think if Paul Harvey gets him in that three-wide line, gets clear galloping around straightening, he should go past him. I'm slightly surprised we haven't seen a, a little bit bigger quote. I marked him $2.30. Did you? And I thought wow. I, yeah, yeah, I know. I, and I thought I was a little bit thin. Um, or potentially just a little bit thin on that mark because you, you do need some luck, obviously, with his racing pattern. Um, but yeah, $2.35 is definitely um, shot late, I think. I'm, I'm not going to be diving in at the two thirty-five in a, a capacity field because there will be a little bit of money. There's always a bit of money for your Fernie runners. Um, hot style um, one at Ascot last start for the in-form Kyra Yule. Uh, I know you were pretty taken by uh, Gifted Warriors, uh, last run as I was too, and um, Jeez, it's hard. It's hard from there, isn't it? It is hard from there, but sometimes uh, the way these races are run, sometimes a wide gate can be a little bit of a. Was this um, was this race won by Mashad last year? It was. Yeah, yeah beat um, beat. Oh, back to the second horse. Pikey got up on the fence. Yeah, it was the right. best horse by a country mile. Um, oh, wasn't want to be good, was it? Yeah, it might have been. Uh, not like, no, not like I want to be good to, to run second, is it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, don't get me started on that. Um, but Gifted Warrior will come into Barrier 9 <laughs> after the scratchings. Barrier 10, sorry, after the scratchings. Um, did like the last win, but you could talk about half this field. There's, um, there's no real um, – everyone deserves their spot in this lineup, but uh, I do think – the best horses, Paris and George. Love to see something close to three to one late on the exchange to get involved, though. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I wasn't as bullish price wise about you, and I'm surprised at the um, at the current quotes on Othra. Although it is a bit better on the local uh, operator at the moment, three dollars Para St George. Um, I was hoping for a bit more than that. I was more along the three fifty mark, but um, have a have a strong opinion of Paris St. George. As Terry said, these these big fields create tempo, create three wide lines, um, should be set up for Paul Harvey to keep Paris St. George. Um, you know, moving into the race with momentum, uh, angling out into the middle of the Belmont bowling green straight that it is early in the season and Paris St. George, he's got, he's got some real serious closing speed and um, you can just see him just just sort of charging right over the top of him with 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 strength and class. So he um, he looks the clear on top selection for me. I uh, I'm, Be Quick is ran second to Paris St. George in the mm -hmm. Bunbury Series Heat 
last start. He's mapped. Looks the map horse, doesn't it, with Brad Parnham mm. on board from four. Should really get every conceivable chance from there. And from me, the the, the one that uh, horse that I've been following all prep and has been a bit stiff not to win one, to be honest, is um, on red alert. Um, mm-hmm. from the what's a top-notch trialer earlier um, this preparation um, nailed on the line at Bunbury two starts ago and yeah it was, that was a tough watch um, but uh, I reckon on red alert can um, with with Lucy Warwick going back on I wouldn't be surprised to see him run a big race uh, while also respecting I just want to see what your view on you're more of a Calgary form man than me Um what do you make of pastry? Pike on reasonable draw. I thought the I thought the the run last start was good. Um, I basically declared it last start from Barrier One, thinking that um, that she'd have the back of Magna Force. She ended up the widest runner in the straight mm. at Kalgoorlie from Barrier One. I was really I was disappointed at that stage of proceedings. Uh, but I do like pastry mm. as a horse, and um, that run first up behind Nemiroff was huge as well. Did a lot of work for Michelle Hagley to find the outside of Nemiroff. That's right. Um, yep. yep. And battle away like that. Uh, never discount a Fernie runner coming to town. Pike goes on. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's impossible. Uh, I don't think she's impossible whatsoever. But um, class-wise, I do think that Paris and George uh, has her covered. But there's a, you can make a case for any of them. Unibro's about 50 to 1. It'll probably trade 100 to 1 on Betfair on the day. Unibro's not 100% impossible if the race pans out in a, um, in a certain manner. It's just a... It's just such an open race if you can get Paris and George beaten. So I'm not going to try and get Paris and George beaten because no. I don't know where else to look. Neither, neither will I. I will say last my last comment on this is keep an eye on scratchings because if a couple of the emergencies get a run, Western Chan and uh, Western Chan and Indian Chan, if both if one of if both of those get a run or one of two of those, then um, it changes things again, doesn't it? So yeah, uh, Western Chant can't win, but Indian Chant can win. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, not big on Western Chant in a race like this, but Indian Chant would be a very very, very interesting runner over the uh, over the fourteen hundred with a nice tempo and a good draw. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a horse that's uh, going places. Yeah, as we'll discuss in the last. In the last is it the last or is it the get out stakes, Terry? It is BJ the get out stakes. S T E A K S. I actually had to think about that. I'm still half asleep from my drive back. I was up at about buddy quite early this morning for the drive back from Margaret River, BJ. So I'm just uh, whew, just uh, still waking up into the uh, into proceedings. We're up to race nine. It's lucky that I'm still waking up and we're up to the last. So anyway, get out stakes. Tell us about uh, how this one works. Yeah, Market City Meats, largest retail butcher shop in Perth, sponsor the Get Out Stakes. If you would like to win yourself some uh, a gourmet beef package from Market City Meats, please send us a tweet at the 1-1-Pod and... Uh, let us know who you think will win race nine at Belmont on Saturday, the get-out stakes, and also a decimal winning margin. Um, important that it's a decimal. We've had a couple of people try to sneak through some old-school margins, and um, there's any, even been a fellow who always tips a, a dead heat every week, which is quite clever as well. But, um, um, but yeah, make sure it's a decimal, please, punters. The get-out stakes at the 1-1 pod. Well, we saw a dead heat last week. It just wasn't in the get-out stakes. That's right. That's right. Gates of Babylon and she's uh, a light. She's a light. Yeah, with a tough Laurentinia who we end up breezing. I think a few of us, uh, Cripper and myself, especially, really, uh, we uh, we had a bit of a battle to see who could have the most on Laurentinia <laughs> towards the end of it. So it's a battle. Unfortunately, I think I might have won. So. <laughs> 
Not one I wanted to win in retrospect. Anyway, the lucky last. It's a good open get-out stakes here. I think uh, I think if you get the winner of the race, uh, you're obviously going to be... Um, Deserved winner, a, yeah. A deserved mm. winner, exactly, exactly right. There's no, uh, there's no real standout. Uh, there's, I think it's about five to one the field here, BJ. And um, where are you looking in the final event of the day? I found it hard to look look past sliced bread, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Look, I was, uh, I was really keen, sort of, in hindsight, uh, foolishly keen on um, Festival Mist to knock off Laver Rod last Saturday. Um, and sliced bread was as good a run, maybe as Festival Mist um, last start in um, when sliced bread ran second to Moshard and Festival Mist ran third at Ascot. Um, I think he will. He's ready to step up to the mile now. Um, yeah, has has raced well at Belmont in the past. I, I, there are, there there are a few question marks over, pretty much over every runner in this race. Um, you could you could pick mm-hmm. the pick the eyes out of this race and and um, put you know put some crosses alongside most of the most of the winning chances. I suspect that sliced bread ticks the most boxes and um, and that's the way I lent, but not with a huge amount of confidence. I expect. Son of Bacchus to really give this a shake. He just doesn't really like winning all that much, does he? Son of Bacchus, but um, but up to the mile has uh, drops in class after taking on some smart horses at seventy two plus level. Third up, he looks just about about ready to fire. Has a good record at Belmont as well. But um, but yeah, and and then there's my old fave, uh, British Bessie. 2,200 back to a mile. Interesting uh, placement from Sharon Miller. It's going to have to win from 16 with 59 and a half. Big, big ask. But for me, I just my eyes just kept getting drawn back to sliced bread. What about you, Guru? Well, as uh, Meatloaf famously sang, you just took the words right out of my mouth, PJ. I am a uh, – I don't really have – any strong opinions in this race, but uh, I found it very difficult um, to look past sliced bread. It actually goes better at the mile mm. as well. Um, that's probably, well, not probably, that, uh, that is his, um, his pet journey. Dion Luciani is training like a jet at the moment. Um, the, map's a, uh, the map's definitely a worry. If you put sliced bread next to Indian Chant, uh, who's drawn 15, sliced bread 9, uh, next to each other at the top of the straight, I'd want to be on Indian Chant. So um, difficult one for Brad from nine. He, he doesn't want to, he can't let him just flop out to last or, or to get too far back and get in a sprinting duel with, uh, with Indian Chant. I wouldn't have thought. But um, I actually thought he was a better run than Festival mm. Miss, and, and I wasn't as keen as you guys. Um, but I, I really did think Festival Miss was a big chance of knocking off Lavrod, as you did last start. And I thought, arguably, uh, slice bread. Um, well, there was nothing between yeah. yep. the runs, basically. So, uh, look, this is just a, a very uh, open finish today. One runner I want to mention was pretty keen last start. I was a little... Oh, I think I reckon he was a little bit stiff, BJ. But uh, his bold success now last campaign he moved from Peters to Taylor. I think he was one of the dispersal sale horses, mm-hmm. and um, they sort of reinvented him. He ran these races where he was sitting three and four. Do you remember these those efforts at Belmont sitting three and four deep the trip? The Huge. one against Nochino is the one that Huge. stands out. They were you just shouldn't be able to do the things he did um, in those races. I'm not sure how Jason rides him here. He's not the cleanest stepper he has once or twice um bonnie police rode him last campaign and he stepped really well for her 
Um, but he can be a little bit tardy at the gates. I'd love to Funny see Funny old horse, isn't he, Bob? Success. He certainly is. He's gonna. He's definitely going to send me broke. And I, I can see me. I can see myself throwing in on him a few times this campaign. <laughs> but uh, if if he's if Jason's on to be aggressive from the machines, uh, land up near the speed. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty keen to have something on at the uh, the double digit quote. Um, but for me, it's going to be a two horse play. Plenty of respect, as you said, son of Acus, but. Um, He's been winning um, about as much as I have on the punt in the last few weeks. So it's been uh, it's a, it's a difficult ask for Son of Bacchus from Barrier 13. Winkers off 1,200 to 1,600 to finally um, turn some of those seconds and thirds into, into a first. Um, and Indian Chan, as I said, if, yeah. if they're bunched on the bend and he gets wide and Mitchell Pateman gets those chicken wing arms uh, pumping down the middle of the track, uh, he'll definitely, well, not definitely, but very likely he'll be running the quickest final last two and 400 metre splits. But um, slice spread, six to one, bold success, double digits. I'll be playing both of those without a huge amount of confidence. BJ. Yeah, it, it's just one of those races, isn't it? I mean, you've got horses like uh, Resistance who just is just perennially unlucky, isn't she? Like, she, but what? I mean, but why are you putting? I don't. I don't understand. With you getting in with the fifty-seven from a nice gate, you don't need to put the apprentice on. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Even Maddie going on last start with fifty-nine. Three and a wide, half, three wide, no cover the entire, beating a length. Huge. On the line. It was huge. I mean, it carried 59 and a half, five starts ago. It's that deep that day. Resistance is a horse. It should have won five more, six more races um, in her career. She's been really poorly handled uh, in every sense, I, I think. So, mm. yeah, it's also I'd love to get a hold of Resistance, to be honest. We were talking about that with uh, with one earlier, but Resistance is, is a runner I'd love to get a hold of and, um, and set her correctly because I think she's a horse with a stack of ability, but a uh, difficult ride, that type of horse, for um for both. Yeah. yeah, and then you got Jade going on to Sentiment and Friend from a low draw, 20 hour, 31 days between runs, low drop, big weight dropper. Um, nah. Probably can't, but yeah, Not I don't know. There's, you got Pike on lightly leader, Dawn Amada. It's a really, really interesting race. And I mean, Grey Enigma was nine years old, but he, he won as well as he ever has uh, midweek at Ascot the other day, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah, 100%. If you go back to his run two starts ago as well, it wasn't like it was. Um Completely unexpected. That fourth behind Luke's gold was a really nice run. He can he can definitely win the race as well. But again, you, mm. I like to if you're, you're talking from barrier eleven, he's going to have to out sprint, slice spread, uh, Indian chance, um, come over the top of bold success. So if you put those horses British in the line, Bessie, yeah. who's going to sprint yep. the best? British Bessie as well. Yeah, I'm surprised Sharon Miller hasn't gone to uh, one of the staying races early in the day, but um, she has gone up and down in distance with this horse um, in the past with some success. So we'll see how it, how she goes, but gee, it's really hard to go 2,200 back to 1,600 from the wide gate. It's it's going to be a fair old, uh, a tough old ask for British Bessie to get the chocolates here, I'd suggest. Yeah, and uh, welcome back to uh, Fathoms of Gold. Um, famously mm. ran second in uh, Cox Stakes, the first running of the Ted. Um, do you reckon we? Do you reckon we might hear here? It's uh, it's been for it's been a ride for the ages <laughs> in the Get Out Stakes. <laughs> that would that'd be something. So both uh, Fathers of Gold and Damien Miller on the on the comeback trail. Um, so yeah, he uh, he hasn't raced for four hundred and forty days, and he hasn't won. For thirteen hundred and thirty days, old. He's nine years old now. Fathoms of gold, and famously almost pinched the uh, CB Cox Stakes. That was won by Perfect Reflection. When was that? Would that have, would that have been seventeen? Was that twenty seventeen? Uh twenty seventeen. Perfect Reflection. Maybe. I think yeah. so. 
my knowledge in regards to getting the right year, which everything occurred. So, yeah, that's, it's pretty average. But is that that would be my favourite race. Obviously, races we've had personal success in, um, whether it be ownership or punting, we enjoy a lot. But that race, I from memory, I didn't have a bet. Or I had a tiny bet on something. It doesn't. I can't even remember. But that is my favourite ever race um, that I uh, I think I've I've watched without. Um, an it was a beauty. It wasn't ridden by the mm. uh, dashing Frenchman Mathieu Autier. Um, Au revoir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a ride for the ages in the tent. Oh, okay. um, but I, could, I could watch that on repeat. Yes, yes. Actually, we might do that after the podcast. Um, but uh, mm. Fathoms of Gold, welcome back. <laughs> Whatever happened to Fathoms of Gold, he's back in action in the get-out stakes at, uh, at Belmont on Saturday. But... Terry, the guru, and myself, we are in alignment. Slice bread for Brad Parnham and Dion Luciani to uh, finish the day in style. Uh, Yes, we are, BJ, and something small on bold success as well for me. I'm going to get my money back at some stage this campaign on that bloke. Good. Okay. Um, Moving on to our best betting proposition Mm. of the day. Yeah, the prices have been... Knocked away a bit. So it was a pretty easy decision. We were talking high twos showmanship. We were talking something near four to one for Black Ducati. So I know you I know you marked showmanship. What did you say you marked him to two twenty? There's just twenty. So you, you marked him two twenty. What what were you expecting, really? Oh, I thought three to one going out was probably yeah. a fair price, to be honest. Three dollars yeah. off against yeah. against Platinum Bullet in a full field. Like, you're gonna mm. need luck. I mean, all the things there's there's a lot of variables. No matter how good the horse is, there's a lot of variables um, still required to all fall into place to win the horse race. So look, I, I've got a notation that if it did went up, if it did go up, sorry, two dollars thirty dollars forty, I was going to wait. I, I can see with those other horses in the field, Platinum Bullet in particular, that I still think um, it'll trade um, mid twos, mid to high twos. I think so. I'm going to be holding off, and I'm going to be making a late bet showmanship. My um, my best of the day just. Beat home Paris and George and Black Ducati, who are right behind them, and um, and uh, it also wasn't far from um, being Rocky Path as well, because I do think each Oof. way that's a, a nice little, uh, a nice value wise, value wise, a nice little bet. But uh, showmanship for me, BJ. Okay, well, I'm I'm sticking with the Cerise and White theme. My best betting proposition of the day is race five on the card in the uh, staying event. Picture perfect with the wizard going back on board. Reckon it looks set up sweetly for that horse. So um, Terry's gone with showmanship. Same colours for me. Picture perfect in race five of the day. I like it. $10 all up, Cerise and White, best of the day double. How's that? Sounds good. Okay, now on to our Maddies, um, BJ. What have you got for me today? $50 plus. <laughs> yeah, just changing the rules. Uh, Fifty dollars plus, I'll whack in uh, <laughs> fathoms of gold um, wow. and uh, upwards others. Um, no, Perfect. my my Maddie for the day. Uh, there's going to be these full full fields is going to be going to be great for those people looking for for uh, a bit of value, a bit of a double figure type um, goes on uh, back to Belmont on Saturday. For me, I don't mind the looks of. Magna Force in the Provincial Championship Series final. On Pacer from Kalgoorlie, um, race fit and in form, drawn to, drawn to either lead or land leaders back. Um, Jared Noski on board, currently $26. I suspect it's probably going to get out further yep. on the day, uh, just with the, with the squeeze on. Um, 
So, yeah, hasn't really done a lot wrong this prep, Magna Falls. Now, that um, last race, it was in uh, in Kalgoorlie, which uh, actually qualified for this event. Uh, that was one of the better um, races you'll ever see in Kalgoorlie. That was a race where uh, Indian Chant was involved, Taj Mahali, Pastry, Double the Pro, uh, Sigil, I think as well. Yep. Uh, it was yep. a, a really, 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 really good Kalgoorlie um, race. And I think the horse will really appreciate um, a nice strong jockey like Jared Noski going on from the inside gate. So with all the kerfuffle going on behind it in the ruck amongst the um, 47 other horses in the race, uh, it's always nice to be out in front and steer clear of that, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, this run this run wasn't too dissimilar to Pastry, who's sort of half that quote, um, and Indian Chance, sort of a $7 chance. Magna Force, is, uh, there's a bit of $31 on offer at the moment, so that'll do me. My Maddie, Magna Force. What oh, do you got, Terry? I uh, am with uh, I'm with a leader as well, uh, Swift Platinum in the staying race. I think Christy can jump to the top, control it from out in front, and um, I think Swift Platinum can run a cheeky race. Don't know if it's winning one of these in town, but uh, we are getting the price to find out. So something very small on uh, on Swift Platinum for me as my Maddie of the day, BJ. What about what about your uh, insane selection last mm. Saturday? Oh. Finished fourth, didn't he? Old Uncle Lino oh. at any old price. So do you I, want to talk us through that one? I, I hated the world for about 10 minutes after that race because <laughs> I'd had a fairly reasonable crack place heavy on Uncle Lino at about 15 <laughs> to 1 the drum and backed Lawfy the winner, the front second and fourth. So no, I just sucked it. My bottom lip hit the ground and just walked around like a like a zombie for a while. So, But that's, uh, yeah, no, it was yeah, it was a good run from Uncle Lino, but um, that's the last time we're going to get 100 to 1 uh, about in Is that what it was, bet fair? Late? Late. It was close to, I think, yeah, about 70, Ooh. 70, 80 to 1. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, nice run. Exactly how I thought it would pan out. I did expect that it would um, find one or two better. Unfortunately, it found <laughs> three better. <laughs> it would have been correct. nice. If, if it stayed at one or two better, it would have been a, a lot nicer. But uh, look, we're close to that. Uh, it's been a while since we've thrown one out that's got up at near at 101. So we're due. We're due. We'll get one up at a, at a very big price very shortly. I can feel that coming with the return to Belmont. Good stuff. All right, horses to follow. You got any Black bookers for the listeners, Terry. Oh well, I've I've been away, so I'm actually tomorrow's replay day to really catch up um, on a lot of the replays that I haven't done in the last week or so. So just the one for you. Most people would not have missed it uh, yesterday at Pinjarra. The money came in absolute droves um, for Costa del Santo, and that run was um, just absolutely huge yesterday on the wrong inferior part of that Pinjarra track, because the inside pad is uh, absolute uh, quicksand um, at Pinjarra. It was always going to be. I don't. I understand the money coming for a horse that's flying because um, the horse is going really well but from barrier one a horse that doesn't step it was always going to be four or five back the fence on a cold rail it was a interesting betting move I thought Mitch rode him actually really well um, all things considered and I think he comes out and wins a Saturday race shortly on a day where you can make ground he is um, yeah flying so Costa del Santo to uh, progress very quickly and forgive horses on that inside pad when the rail is at true at Pinjarra Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's sort of been a bit of a theme all season, mm -hmm. hasn't it? That that, Very uh, consistent. that cold yep. rail. Very consistent. Um, righty. Uh, yeah, the the money was just yeah it was truckloaded, wasn't he? Costa del Santo and just just 
you, yeah, it's hard to really factor in how much it takes out of horses when they have to weave and 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 pivot di- directionally mm-hmm. in the straight. Whereas the winner fire sale was balanced up underneath William Pike. It just went straight and uh, was was um, just did enough on the line. But yeah, um, Costa del Santo with with you there, Terry. He's a he's a horse on the rise. My uh, my black bookers horses to follow. Uh, old Fred Dag, uh, one of uh, one of my faves. He. Um, he was one of the best runs of the day last Saturday. Unsuited, sent forward, outside leader over 1,000 metres. Um, this is uh, boxed on bravely into third behind Speeding Comet. He, um, he's going to be one horse who's really going to relish a return to Belmont. Uh, up in up in trip, probably a 1,200-metre race next start. I imagine he'll be really hard to beat and then he'll progress into perhaps a 1,400-metre uh, following up from that. And um, again, he, sh- he should be – I imagine he's going to be winning one or both of his next two. Back to Belmont, Fred Dagg, and more than likely with Jason Whiting back in the saddle. This horse is um, – geez, has been costly costly to me. Saturday Sun, he um, – he, uh, but he, he's got some. He's got some talent. He was massive first up at Belmont last Thursday. Terry from the David Harrison Yard came from last over a thousand meters. Promises the world delivers an atlas. So far, yeah, he just, mm. just. But that, that was something else last Saturday. But we'll see if he can. If that was a bit of a te- another tease performance um, for Saturday Sun. But um, he has been a horse to follow. In uh, on previous editions of the one one, but uh, that was just too good to ignore. Maybe the penalty has finally dropped for him this prep, but we'll see what he can do second up and third up. And there were some eye catches from um, from sort of uh, small small stables at um, at Pinjarra yesterday. All three of these horses. Um, uh, ran on, didn't have a great deal of luck. Um, could be worth following in there in, in if placed to advantage next start. They were Snow Bamboo, Vital Ilo, and Chief Archer. Um, they were for uh, ones for the replay watchers from Pinjarra yesterday. Yeah, Snow. I was actually on Snow Bamboo. It uh, it will win a race um, this campaign. I suspect the new addition mm. to the Brian Rogers Yard, and uh, when they get new additions on, and especially ones they're somewhat keen on, and there was a bit of money around first up. Uh, there tends to be uh, smoke where there's fire. There's, I got that the wrong way around. There tends to be fire where there's smoke, doesn't there, VJ? You sure does. Where's Where's old Sax on? Sax on, Sax off. Ah, I don't he care. can't be far I away. Surely, I don't care. He was nommed for both staying races, but uh, I, I genuinely couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's a uh, he's a real pinup boy here at the one one mm. old sax on sax yeah. off. So um, moving on to the top notch trialers, I'll I'll roll straight into it. I um. Are you gonna ask me about mine? Uh, yeah, why not, Terry? Top notch trialers? No, none this week, BJ. Okay, maybe next week. Maybe next week. Um, D- Adam Durant uh, had a couple of his class horses step out of the trials at Lark Hill. On Monday, the two that caught my eye were that uh, the flashy grey not to be missed. He's just about ready to make his return, move, move through his um, his gears nicely um, in his heat. And uh, three-year-old by the name of Great Heist, who I have a bit of time for. They are two to be followed in the coming weeks and months. But there was a horse um, who really caught my eye, Heat 14 at Belmont on May 11, a playing god horse by the name of Playing Up from the Jeff and Fenella Martin Yard. Jared Noski, pretty quiet trial, wasn't knocked around. Uh, just whack this horse in your black book, playing up. Keep an eye out for for when he, um, he, he may, may even trial again before he goes to the races, but uh, keep an eye out for this one, playing up. Very good. And the last of our segments is uh, Whatever Happened To. Uh, friend of the podcast, Professor Mike Eppis, he hit us up on 
hit us up on Twitter, um, asked us to track down a horse by the name of Habari. Do you remember Habari, I do. Terry? I do. Yep. Um, very sparingly raced, uh, staying type, trained by Justin Warwick. Now, I'm pretty sure she has been – well, she hasn't raced since uh, winning at Ascot on November 21, 2018. I'm um, pretty sure this mare has been retired to stud, but I will I will chase – Chase that up and uh, and put something on our Twitter feed at the One One Pod and get back to Mike and our listeners about Habari, who looked like being a really um, a star of significance actually, um, but um, obviously had a few issues there and hasn't been seen for quite a while. And and while it's not really a whatever happened to, but we, we as we do often get uh, regular updates, but might just have to um, have to mention to our listeners that the Queen. Arcadia Queen is back in work for with Grant and Alana Williams. Um, they've been um, patching her up after she returned from her Sydney campaign. Pretty banged up, Terry. Uh, fair to say. Um, and um, but Bob Peters has been on radio during the week to confirm that uh, she has returned to work. They're really happy with her, and um, and both, I think think she returned to work with with Regal Power. And at this stage, both those horses uh, will be heading towards uh, the Cox Stakes, uh, the Cox Plate rather, as their grand final this uh, next season um, in Victoria. And um, Superstorm's a couple of weeks behind them, and he's more than likely going to be targeting the Rich Golden Eagle in uh, at Rose Hill in Sydney um, around a, that similar time, Terry. Very good. There's a bit of excitement over East with a few of our uh, super stars, especially the Cerise and White superstars, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, and, and confirmed that it's been confirmed also that they will be uh, heading across with Grant and Alalyn Williams, who obviously um, enjoyed sign- yeah, unbelievable oh, success with uh, Regal Power and Superstorm during the autumn. So um, can't wait to see uh, how the Cerise and White and some of our other West Australian big guns measure up. Um, during the uh, late autumn and uh, spring carnivals over on the East Coast. Yeah, could win a stack of group ones this time around, I think. It's a really uh, formidable little lineup Bob Peters is assembling to uh, make a uh, big assault on the spring carnival. Yeah, exciting times ahead. And, um, yeah, no doubt we'll, we'll be getting plenty of updates on how those class horses are progressing through their training, training preparation. And uh, keep an eye out, we're also on windstorm watch uh mm. all reports he'll be racing first up at belmont next saturday keep an eye oh, out for him a little bit on the showmanship straight into windstorm a week later just have a salivating just at the prospect. oh i tell yeah. you what i'm just uh, i'm trapped in the vortex at the moment so. <laughs> anyway bj i think that brings us to the end of sure a, does. A, another episode episode 26 it's a half a year six months of doing this bj it's just as enjoyable as the uh the first one we sat down to do as well. We're hoping to have some guests on uh, in the coming weeks. Um, got to speak to Pistol Pete McCormick when we can obviously not social distance again, or we can find a suitable venue to do so. But uh, we're going to get we were discussing getting Peter McCormick on the show again shortly, and we're also looking at our potential first four man podcast with um, Dane Hollingworth and Mitch Pateman on as a combination shortly oh uh, is that is that a well. possibility is that in the pipeline Terry? that's a very uh, more more than a possibility yeah it's something we'll look at in the next uh in the next three or four weeks i think our first can... jockey yes it's the uh yeah it'll be uh it'll be quite exciting i'm sure uh he'll have some insights for us and um and a few uh and a few nuggets of gold to uh to spread with the listeners but uh something i'm very much 
looking forward to yes, that will be that will be fascinating looking forward to that very much yes so. all right well uh well done to the uh to the boys with the Italian job as well. I better give him a shout out just to all the King's men and all other owners. Well done to the Pierce as well done to everyone involved. We've got a new king in town, BJ. Aren't you? You're as excited as I am. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was great. <laughs> I'm actually surprised listening to you uh, on the on the call as as the horse crossed the line. I would have thought there would have been a bit more um, a bit more excitement from you, oh, but you were very very cool, really, calm uh, and collected, yeah, Terry. I didn't, I didn't really hop in like I otherwise might have. He didn't quite get to the price I wanted to. That's something small on, but uh, no, I was uh, I was calm, cool and collected. That's um that's what they call me, BJ. All the time. So cool, that's Terry. Just a, that's just a that's just a regular <laughs> occurrence. So anyway, I've got nothing useful more to say. So I'm going to wind it up there. Thank you for for listening again. Good luck. Uh, on the punt on the weekend. Let's hope we get a nice fair Belmont track. Do not give me a hot rail. Otherwise, um, yeah, more more toys, more more sooking. Um, and I've done enough sooking in the last few weeks. So nice fair rail. Looking forward to Belmont. Looking forward to the Kalgoorlie on Sunday as well. And um, until next week on the 1-1. One, one.